This is your city. This is your city wants to know. We want to know the background, the heartbeat of what makes up our beautiful cities. We dig into the backstories from the struggles to the successes of our local entrepreneurs, small business owners, artists, not-for-profit organizations, and the many, many people who make up the intricate tapestry of our communities. Real people, real stories, by you and for you. But wait, that's not it. I love giving my opinion. Just ask anyone who knows me. We can't get enough of the honest, gritty feedback of places that we spend our hard-earned money. I'll give you the good, the bad, and the ugly of the places I eat, sleep, and visit. Disclaimer, my opinion, my opinion only. All right, so come on, let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of This Is Your City. I'm Kim, your host, as always. Hope you're all doing well, staying safe. Now, you know that we're doing a few episodes on mental health and depression and anxiety. And I had told you all before that some of the guests that we have coming on, some of the people that have, are willing to speak are some of the bravest people I know just for the willingness to talk about something that seems to be so taboo to talk about. And that is our own personal experiences with mental illness, with depression or anxiety or thoughts of suicide, whatever it may be for each individual person. Today, my guest, I am just, I am so humbled to have. Not only is he a friend, he is an advocate for mental health. He decided that it was time that he told his story, not only for his own personal healing, but for others to maybe hear his story, to know that they're not alone, and that there is hope. Today, my guest is Sean McKilvery. Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking time out to be with us today. How are you? I, I'm doing well. Um, little apprehensive. Um, I appreciate you having me on, and um, I look forward to this. Don't be apprehensive. You got this. We're all good. We're just sitting around chatting with a whole bunch of strangers having coffee. <laughs> it's as if I wasn't nervous enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, Thanks, right now you can only see my face, so maybe I'll make some funny faces here and there to make you laugh. <laughs> Sean, I really am appreciative that you come in and speak to us today on something that is deeply personal, deeply sensitive, and that you're going to allow yourself to be vulnerable to us. I just, I just can't say thank you enough. And well, um, you know, mental health is, has played a, a, a massive role in my life. Um, so as difficult as this is going to be as challenging as this is going to be. If, um, if my story helps one person, then this is a worthwhile venture. Thank you. Yes, it is. Sean, we talked before we talked a couple days ago or last week, I have such a bad memory. And we, we were talking like, you know, today's society, we think, we think we're so good. We think we have it all together. And then every once in a while, they'll throw in, you know, well, we need to talk about mental health. 
And we all know it to be true. But one thing that we don't see a lot of is just everyday people talking about it. You know, we've, we've talked about we have this Let's Talk Bell movement. We have the Me Too movement. All are wonderful things. Absolutely mm-hmm. necessary. But it's kind of like not tangible for us. It's like out there, right? Like stars, celebrities, athletes, musicians. But people like you and I who just normal people who walk the streets of our cities, you know, we need a voice as well. And, and that's what I wanted to give you. I want, I want you to be able to say, Hey, if I can pull out of this, so can you. And so what um, I want to start with, Sean, I want to start with, I want to go back a little bit. Okay. I want to go back. I know I sometimes like to take my guess back in time a little bit. Okay. Just to give us kind of an understanding of, of what people's lives are like and why these mental health issues follow us. So my first question, I guess, would be, do you know, do you believe you've always had some sort of mental issues or did this happen later on in life? Um, I, I have quite a history of, of mental health issues. Um, it started right around when I was about 16. Um, However, you know, back then, um, it, oh, you're just feeling blue or you're just in the dumps. So I kind of pushed it off like, you know, it's, it's, it's no big deal. Um, but uh, it showed up later on in life um, and it, it, it showed up in a big way. Um, so... Yeah, it, it, it's it's been an everyday battle for 33 years. Right. So we're going to get a Sorry, little... 23 years. <laughs> oh, to me, two plus two is five, so don't ask me to do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sean, let's go back to, um, back to your childhood a little bit, you know. Um, okay. Um, where would you like me to start? Well... You don't have to get too in too depth. Like I don't want to. I don't want to cross any lines with you and, and talk about things that maybe you're not comfortable about talking. Talking. Well, about. I'm. You know, this is why we're here, and this is how we get help. So I want to be as transparent as possible, and I know we have a time frame, so I'm going to try to make it <laughs> as as fitting as possible. Um, well, so, go ahead. Sorry. So um, I know you have experienced a lot of trauma in your life and that could trigger mental health issues, depression, anxiety. When you were younger, some unfortunate things happened to you. Do you want to start there and then we can? Uh, yeah. Um, so just briefly here, I, I grew up in a household that when things were great, they were great. And when things were bad, they were horrible. Um I had um, some, I, 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 I've seen my mom hit by my biological father. Um, I, witnessed I, I, sorry? You witnessed domestic abuse in your house? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Um, not just physical, there was mental, emotional. Um, so that wasn't easy as a child. Um, And then, uh, you know, around 10 years old, um, and this didn't show itself until about 
2017, um, I was um, molested by a uh, close family friend. And um, the brain has a funny way of protecting itself and protecting you. Um, I didn't start remembering that until about 2017, like I alluded to, um, when my best friend of 18 years hung himself. And then some of these memories started flooding back. Um, and it kind of hit me like a, a Mack truck out of nowhere. Um, so not only did I have the, the death of um, the death of my friend to deal with, um, I had all this trauma flooding back and I, I didn't know what to do with it. I, I didn't know how to talk about it. Um, so I became very anger, angry, um, very bitter, very hurt. And I became a person that I never, ever, ever wanted to become. I, I became violent myself. Um, and were you married back in 2017? Uh, I wasn't. I was with my girlfriend at the time. Um, but I was married for 14 years. And because of some of the traumas that I've, I've seen, that was the norm for me. I, I, I didn't know any better. And um, another thing that has kind of hampered my, my mental health is I then, while I was married, um, I became a person that um, I was disgusted with. I, I verbally and mentally abused my wife. Um, I physically abused her in front of my kids. Um, so that's kind of a, a backstory. And then fast forward to 2017, um, mental health has always been a, a lingering thing with me. Um, fast forward to 2017 when I lost my buddy and then the memories of my abuse came back. Six months after that, um, the cousin that, the cousin that I was the closest to, he ended up taking his life. So in a six month span, I had some pretty, pretty challenging things happen. And like I said, I, um, I didn't know how to deal with it. So let me just, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but I just want to ask. No, 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 no. Go ahead. So and I, I know this is anybody out there who's ever suffered from like extreme trauma to your to your either your body or your mental, but mostly your mental. Like you said at the beginning, our body has a way of self-preserving, like and and self, you know, survival mode, I suppose you call it. And I know that this is absolutely true, that for mm -hmm. years the brain can hide things from you, um, protecting you. And that is, that is an absolute real thing. And when it does rear its ugly head, it can destroy. And in 2017, when you started having these, these memories, 
did you feel, because as a male, I, th- I, I think, I'm not a male, obviously, but I do know that our society puts a little more pressure on men to keep their mental issues silent. Mm-hmm. You find in 17, 2017, when all of these started coming back, did you have anybody to go talk to, like your mom, I, or anybody in your family saying, hey, this happened to me? So I haven't let this be known um, until very recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I, I bottled it up and I soldiered on. Um, between 2017 and 2018, um, I had three stays on the mental health ward at Grand River Hospital in Kitchener which is fantastic. They, they are tremendous. Um, so the first two times I didn't really open up. I wasn't transparent. I didn't advocate for myself because dealing with mental health, it is being a self-advocate is the hardest thing to do. And when you don't know how to talk about it, you don't know where to go. You don't, know if you can turn to anybody because your trust is kind of broken too because of those past traumas so you don't know who to trust yeah and it was on my last stay in the mental health ward which would have been 2018 um which is which changed my life um preceding that stay I, I was, I was lost. I was hurt. I was broken. Um, I didn't feel worthy. Um, so I tried taking my life. I, there was, um, an attempt on my life. I tried hanging myself and luckily, whether it be God or whatever, um, I was saved. I was, I was given another chance. So obviously the cop, it it was, there was a cop involved and I had to get, um, handcuffed and put in the back of the car. Um, one second, one second, Sean, I want, I want them to know what you mean by, by that. So in 2018, you had decided you had enough. You couldn't handle this. Do you want me to dive more into the details of that? Well, I, I don't, not the gruesome, I don't want to say gruesome details, but when you say luckily, because you actually were, you were doing this. I, I was, I was hanging. I was hanging. And then by... Right. By the grace of God, by whatever people want to associate it with, while you were hanging, it wasn't like, oh, I was in the midst of trying to do it. And then, but it was while you were, there happened to be some police officers come by and find you. Yeah, um, luckily, I had a, my best friend, um, Corey, um, who I'm very blessed to, to know. Um, nobody could get a hold of me. I went AWOL. Um, and... I'd been AWOL for almost a day. Um, they, they kept calling, kept trying to get in contact with me. I, I wasn't having it. I was, I was, 
I was ending my life and there was nothing that anybody could do to stop me. So him being a worried best friend, he called the police. He told him the situation, told him my mental health history and that they were really worried for me. He got the police to ping the location on my phone. And as I dropped, they managed to catch my legs, cut the rope. Um, They were fantastic. They were very compassionate. Um, They had to handcuff me not only for my safety, but for their safety. Um, That was... That was an eye-opening life experience. So I went to stay at Grand River um, for the third time in in a calendar year. As I was being admitted, the psychologist said, Sean, I'm not judging you. He goes, this is your third stay with us. He's like, what do you want? Mm. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to feel like this anymore. Mm. I want to know what's wrong because it's not just the blues. It's not just depression. And I'm not trying to downplay that because those are very serious issues, but I had underlying issues beyond that. And see, Um, that's one right there is one of those places that when I was talking, I'm going to try not to get emotional during this. (laughs) Well, your courage, like to finally say, okay, here's a doctor saying, we're not judging you. What do you want? This is your third stay. And something in you went, this is where the courageous for me, your bravery and courage came out because you're like, yeah, something really is wrong. And it's not because I'm just sad and depressed. Like there's something wrong in my makeup right here, right now, the makeup of my, my gray matter. That took a lot of courage to say, yeah, you know what? There's something wrong with me. And let's let's dig farther and find out what it is. That that takes a lot of courage. Um, well, for me, I, other people see it as courage. I saw it as this is the last time that I'm going to have a chance to get some help. Because if I attempt next time, that's it. I'm, I'm not coming back from it. Um, I didn't want to leave that on my children. I, I, uh, despite how challenged our relationship is because of some of the things that I've done, some of the things that I've said, um, I didn't want that to be the everlasting memory for my kids of their father. And so you told the doctor, let's find a diagnosis. Let's find a diagnosis. So he said, I can help you with that. Um, So I underwent um, a battery of psychological tests and quizzes and and questionnaires. And um, after about three days, I think it was three to four days, um, he came back and he said, after analyzing, you know, your results, this is what I think you're suffering with. Suffering from the symptoms of. So I got diagnosed with uh, borderline personality disorder. 
um, I got diagnosed with PTSD and I got diagnosed with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, from my understanding, borderline personality disorder and people diagnosed with borderline personality disorder have had a lot of childhood trauma. And forgive me if I, if I can't remember if it's our front cortex, I believe it's a cortex or front lobe because of these traumas, there's brain damage. So my wires are crossed wrong. So knowing that it gave me a lot of hope because you can fix crossed wires. You can, and the, and the funny thing about mental health kind of here to get off topic a little bit, everybody sees a broken bone, everything else in the body can break down. Everything else in the body can break down and people are compassionate, compassionate to that. Well, our brain is the biggest muscle in our body, but it's taboo for that to break down. That's where society really needs to not the, the bell. Let's let's talk days are great. They're phenomenal. And these special days are phenomenal, but that doesn't even touch the need, especially in these times with COVID and it's, it's affecting people. And um, mental health is such, such an understaffed sector of our, men, of, of our health sector. And it's, it's getting better. It's becoming more to the forefront. Um, but it like, well, you said something to me last time, Sean, that I really liked and after getting diagnosed, you felt like relieved because this is something we can work on now, right? It's not so foreign. It's not so unknown. Um, so now you're working on this and you're getting, you're getting, you're getting treatments, but what you said one thing, and I really, I loved it. You said, you felt hope for the first time in such a long time, but you said you felt your whole life, you felt like a passenger instead of a participant. Oh, absolutely. And that really like struck me going, wow, like, yes, yes. Some of us know that feeling like life is just going on and we're just stuck for the ride. You can't mm-hmm. get off, you know, but you said you felt hope. Um, So does that mean that now you're starting to feel like a participant in this life? Like you have, you know, you have a purpose. Most days. Yes. Um, With mental health. um, Although I'm getting some great treatments, it will be a daily, not struggle. It'll be, it'll be a daily battle. Um, But yes, I do feel that there's hope. Um, Some of the great things that came of my stay, my last stay at the hospital is I became an advocate for myself. So I got signed up for skills for a safer living, which is uh, cognitive behavioral therapy to help uncross those wires. Um, The waiting list for that was really long. Um, However, Grand River Hospital in Kitchener does a 
great thing for mental health patients that get discharged and want help pretty immediate. There's, there's a very short waiting period, like three weeks, I think I waited. Um, there's, it's a 16 week program and there's little mini courses in it. There's um, mindfulness and emotion regulation. Um, there's anxiety and stress management. There, there's a bunch of different, um, different ones. Um, cog- they're all based in cognitive behavioral therapy, right. which is kind of the tip of the iceberg in terms of things that you can do to get help. Cause then from there it's dialectical behavioral therapy, which I'm on the waiting list for, um, which will really help me finish on crossing some of those wires. What is it called? Dialectical behavioral therapy. It is geared towards people who have brain damage due to childhood traumas and life, life traumas, because it, it just doesn't happen in childhood. But um, from my understanding, um, borderline personality disorder, a lot of it stems from childhood. Right. Now, I'm so happy that you're getting that treatment. And I'm so happy that you're mentioning that because to all of our viewers and listeners out there, sometimes we just don't know where to go for help. We don't know what is available. And knowing that, Sean, you have found this it just gives hope yep. to other people saying yes there are programs out there don't be afraid to ask for it don't be afraid to ask for help your third visit in you took that courage you took that opportunity and you said yes and so those out there it is possible to get help you don't have to feel shame you don't have to feel guilt um to those who are struggling and, and listening to this Um, If I can convey one message, um, it's kind of a multi-platform message, but um, you are not alone. Mm. You are not alone in this. There are some great programs that are out there. The waiting period can be long. But there are programs. If you need help in the immediate, there is a hotline called Here 24-7. I've called them numerous times because I was in crisis while waiting for some of these programs to begin. And they help talk you off the ledge. If you're having a hard time using some of these skills that you've learned in mindful regulation, because it does, when you're in crisis, Nothing that you've learned is going to work. Right. You forget it. You forget everything. Um, For those who are struggling with mental health, if you lie in bed all day because that's all you can do, that's okay. Mm -hmm. That is okay. If you can't brush your teeth, you can't get a shower for days on end. That's okay. But what's not okay is to sit in that for too long. Mm-hmm. I know it because there were weeks where I did not get out of bed. There were weeks where I was living with my girlfriend 
And I couldn't imagine the amount of stress and hurt and, and the amount of questions I left with her because people who are dealing with depression, anxiety, and I'm speaking from experience, because we don't know how to deal with it and we don't have the tools and we haven't gotten any help, from my experience, you lash out at the loved ones. You lash out at your loved ones. I was, I was, like I said, like I alluded to earlier, I was bitter, I was angry, I was scared, I was afraid. And I put that on other people. But you That's something I have to live with. Yeah. That's something that I have to forgive myself for. Yes, yes. And I'm, I'm not there yet. Um, even though I am on the wait list and I have gotten a lot of help, there are days that just absolutely total me in terms of mental health. It takes everything that I have to get through the day, but that's okay. That's okay. There is so much help and life is so good. Even though I'm not, my kids and I aren't talking right now. Even though my life is very challenged right now, there's hope. There is hope. And if anybody who's listening is struggling, I just ask for help. It is there. If you need to get in contact with me and you only know Kim, Kim can give you my number. She can, uh, she can give you my email. I just want people to know that you can live the life that you want to live. And mental health stymies that a bit. At the end of the day, as hard as it is, and it's hard, you need to look in the mirror and you have to ask yourself, am I living the life that I want to live? <clears throat> because punishing yourself and wallowing in, in depression, and that's, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah, and we have to find a way, as hard as it is, and you know this from experience, Sean, and I know this through experience, and many of our listeners know this. We, when you say we have to stop wallowing in it, we really do. And, you know, people always say, and I'm sure you've been told this before, oh, just snap out of it. Just snap out of it. And, and sometimes, you know, we really do, because it's what's known to us, we do have these self-pity parties. We really do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what? It's true. We should snap out of it. But it's not that easy. No. But one thing you mentioned um, a minute ago, and I didn't want to stop you, but I want to, there's a couple of things I want to get before we end this. Um, yeah. You mentioned self-forgiveness. Now, in all of my years going through different therapies and, you know, talking to people and stuff, 
that's one of the hardest things to do is self-forgive. Even if it's somebody else who perpetrated us, like, you know what I mean? We still have to self-forgive because we lash out, like you said, to our loved ones. We do things, say things. So we have to forgive ourselves. We have to, to be able to move on. And so so I, I need to stop you right there because you hit on a key point. Um, because of my past transgressions with my ex-wife and what my kids seen, part of where I'm stunted in growing is I am having a very, very difficult time forgiving myself for that. And I'm afraid, as, as courageous as you say I am, I'm afraid that that day will never come. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to fully forgive myself for repeating some of my past, for putting my hands on a woman that I was in love with or supposed to be in love with, and for the damage that that has done to my kids because it has done damage i know it has because it has been ha- it has happened to me so i haven't been able to forgive myself for that yet I and i'm afraid that that day will never come but i am continuing to work on that we have to um i know this sounds easier said than done it's just because I've been, it's been said to me before multiple times in this self-forgiveness, we have to know that, um, how would I, how would I put that into words? Sometimes when we do what we know, when we were young, this is how, what's helped me a little bit through some things. I came to a realization that what was done to me was done to me. It wasn't my fault. Mm-hmm. And I was able to forgive myself for all of those things that was done to me. Yeah. When you become an adult, you know, those things now we've done to ourselves. Even if it's because, you know, those wires, we just repeat, right? So we've done to ourselves. That's where the unforgiveness comes in. It's because, well, I'm an adult. I did this myself. I made that choice. Mm-hmm. One thing I just want to you know, leave with you, Sean, and I'm sure you've heard it before, but you know, yeah, we have to be able to say, yeah, what I did was terrible and it really damaged other people. We have to be able to admit it without making excuses for it. Yeah, but we we can't do the yeah, but. But the most important thing is when you say, I don't know if I'll ever be able to forgive myself, you have to forgive yourself. We don't forget because if we forget, we might continue the the cycle right we have to remember and it's a daily struggle but your children love you they don't understand mental illness as much as maybe you know but they love you and you love them and there's always room for reconciliation always and there will be i know there will be oh i know there will be too it's just having to walk through this right now If, if i can say one thing i had an interesting conversation with my chiropractor yesterday about mental health and, and he said some things that kind of made me go, hmm. 
So we, we talked about everything that we've talked about on this podcast in terms of, of what I've done and what, what's happened to me. He's like, is that who you are now? And is that who you want to be? Or is that who you were? Right. And I said, that's who I was. He said, well, here's what I want you to do. He's like, I want you to do some things. And he goes, it's going to be hard, but I want you to do this. He said, I don't care if it's six months in the future, two months into the future, five years into the future. He said, I want you to, I haven't done it yet, but I have a, my, a list in my head. Um, he said, I want you to envision the happiest life that you want. And he said, I want you to write that down. Yeah. Write it down. He goes, I don't care if it takes a page, two pages, 10 pages. I want you to write not happy moments, a happy life. And, and he, he left me with this. He said, I'm not trying to downplay what has happened to you and your mental health struggles. He said, it seems like you're on the right track and you're in the right trajectory. He goes, but at some point, at some point, you need to decide if being miserable, depressed, hating yourself is what you want. Or he said, because if you decide that that's what you want, then you're never going to grow. You're never going to learn. You're never going to forgive yourself and you're never going to move on. Good advice. It's good advice. So he said, write those down. What your happy, he's like, whatever your happy life is, he's like, write down your happy life. Yeah. And he said, read it every day. Don't wait for months to do it. Do it. He said, if that doesn't push you forward, he said, nothing will. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I, I'm challenged with my faith right now, but we don't need to get into that topic. Um, I believe we are all here for a purpose. This isn't just something fleeting. There, There is, we are energy and what energy we devote to our lives is what energy that we will get back. So if we put out negative and we wallow in negative, what are you going to breed? Negative. Right. And you're going to attract that too. So the people that you allow into your life are also going to have some of that, those quite those qualities because like attracts like, right? So if Absolutely. you're constantly putting negative out there, that's the people you're going to attract. What, you know, I, I've learned that the hard way. Um, You want to be around people that are doing better and that that are pushing themselves and that have compassion and common humanity. And we touched on that when we talked before. I think, actually, no, I don't think, I know us as human beings, we are not different. We are one as a human race. We are one. And I would like to think that we all want love. We all want compassion. We all want understanding. And we all want empathy. If we gave that not only to others, but we gave that to ourselves. Yeah. 
because I can forgive people for some pretty horrific things and I have forgiven them, but I don't allow myself that same grace, which is something that I battle with, but we all walk with something that challenges our lives. I heard, I had um, spoke with somebody yesterday and he said, um, you know, it's easy for us. Like when we go into counseling and stuff to, to see our negative and it's easy for us to see, Oh, I'm a terrible pro. I've done this. I've said that, but it's really difficult for us to see the beauty within. When you, that, uh, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head yeah. there. Um, but again, to those people who are listening, to those people who are watching, you are loved mm-hmm. by somebody. Whether you acknowledge it or not, somebody out there loves you. Somebody out there wants you. Somebody out there needs you. Yes. Please. If you are struggling with mental health, no matter how difficult the road may be ahead, it is a worthwhile road to take. I know it because I'm on it. And if Sean McGilvery can do it, who doesn't believe he, I don't believe I, I can do anything, but I'm doing it. If I can do it, And if I can come where I have came from and some of my traumas, you can do it too. And there are resources out there. There is stuff online. If you're afraid to talk, if you're afraid to ask, there is stuff online about, about emotion regulation, about mindfulness. And, and I, I don't want anybody to feel the way that I have felt and sometimes feel because I think we are all good and we need to come together. And especially during this, this, this time for us as human beings is a time that we've never known um, with COVID and, and everything that encompasses that and the struggles that encompass that. Um. If we talk, and if I can come on and do this without getting any sleep last night because I was nervous (laughs) and being up at five o'clock in the morning because I was nervous. (laughs) Oh, I'm so grateful you did. um, I I almost didn't want to do this. I I almost kind of went AWOL and, but I, I think people out there watching and listening They need to know that there is so much hope. There is so much to live for. And I, I'm living for the day that I reconcile with my kids and I have the relationship that I once had with them because I know it's there. And that is what keeps me going. And we all have something that keeps us going, that keeps us ticking, that keeps us wanting to live. Find whatever it is that you need to hold on to 
even in your dark times, there is something, there is a nine, there's a nine in the back of your brain because there was with me. Even though I was hanging from a tree, that was a, a massive cry for help. I am just very blessed and very lucky that somebody out there was listening. And there are people out there to listen. There are people out there that love unconditionally, even to strangers. I, I may not know everybody, but I love everybody. Well, and that's, that's the thing. We just need to love. We just need to love. We need to learn how to love ourselves. Yes. Yes. Sometimes it's a lot easier to love others than it is ourselves. Let me tell you, I know that to be true. um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sean, I just want to say thank you so much for being so vulnerable and so transparent. You know, I think again, with men, um, in the society that we live in, you know, it's changing. Men are, are understanding that they can be vulnerable as well. It's just a little bit tougher sometimes, I think, for men to come forward and, and, and talk about things because most women were more emotional. So it's easier sometimes. I don't want to say easier because it's we struggle. <laughs> I, will, I will challenge you on that. I'm an emotional hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> I do thank you. I thank you for sharing your story, Sean. I thank you for opening up for others to know because it's always that way when we hear somebody else and we know like oh me too I'm not alone it's that extra step in us seeking help again and and for ourselves for our own mental health so thank you Sean and for any of our listeners out there we just want you to know exactly what Sean was saying somebody loves you you are loved you are worthy and you are a somebody and your past does not define you what happened, who you were is past. You know, somebody said to me about a week ago, history has been written in the books. We can't erase history. History is out there, but our past is gone. It's gone. History is out there. Our past is gone. It is no more. Today's the only thing we're guaranteed. Tomorrow hasn't happened yet. Take today. Let today be the day you look in the mirror and say, I'm worth getting help. I'm worth it. And you are, because if I am, you are. And there's many places to go. You know, they have the Canada um, text line, and I'm just going to read it here. It's 686 868. 686 868. You can text that for a crisis respond because some people don't want to phone. They have the hotlines, they have your local hospitals, people out there. So thank you, Sean, for sharing your story. And to my listeners out there, as always, you are so appreciated. I am so grateful and blessed that you tune in each and every episode. Stay tuned for more. We are gonna talk to some more courageous people out there and organizations who deal with mental health issues. Get the help you need, it's there. Thank you, Sean, to our listeners, stay safe and stay blessed. Ciao.